And welcome back to Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Uh, we have another episode for you. Um, it's myself, Evan, and we have Nick here today. And we're going to touch on uh, just some recent news in the NBA as we're getting ready to start the second half of the season. So okay. moving on to some other other NBA news. I think first one I'm really interested to talk about just as a Cavs fan is, and it kind of surprising, um, you know, maybe not so much in the past couple of weeks, but based on last year and the beginning of the season, Kevin Love was bought out by the Cavs and joined the Miami Heat. Um, so I want to ask you first, I have two questions. But the first one is, what kind of impact do you see Kevin Love having on the Heat? Yeah, uh, Greg and I talked about this uh, yesterday in Ohioverse. Um, and basically what, what I had said there was, you know, the Miami Heat are getting a guy who could come off the bench, play a max, maybe 15 minutes. Um, if he's knocking down shots, awesome. But you have to watch out. He gets cold. And I think the other thing is he's not he's not awful on defense, but he's it's not like he's really going to be able to play solid defense against your better bigs in the league. And it's not like he's a it's not like he's a Tristan Thompson where you can put him out there and be like, okay, he's not going to score any points for me, but he's at least gonna get me ten or twelve rebounds and and play some solid interior defense. He's not that kind of player, um, at least anymore. So really what he is is he's a guy that could get you seven rebounds depending on who he's playing against. And if he's if he's hot, he can knock down some shots for you. I think that's that's what the Miami Heat are getting. That's what you know, and, and, and he's, he's been there before. I think that's the difference too, is like you're adding somebody to your roster that has four finals runs under his belt and whether or not he was really present for all of those or really a big factor in all of those, he still knows what that feels like. And he still knows what the preparation goes into doing that. So at the very worst, you're, you're adding a guy to your roster that, that understands what it takes to get there um and could provide valuable minutes if he's being productive. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good pickup for the Heat based on the fact that you know it is a buyout pickup. It's it's kind of a low risk, high reward pickup for them. Again, Kevin Love, since his thumb injury, has not been shooting well. Has been really cold. Was out of the rotation for the Cavs. Um. And but I think he fits in pretty well with the Heat in that they could always use some more scoring and that they're two big players, uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They're not surrounded by a lot of shooting. They have Tyler Hero in there and you know Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, those guys. Um, but especially on as as big man, they could use they could use a spacer. So I think Kevin Love can help with that. Um, and I also think it helps. I mean if Kevin Love does start to get hot and he returns to that level of how he was playing, you know, last season off the bench, he could realistically start for the heat going down the stretch. Cause the big position they're missing is that power forward, that four. they have Cody Martin starting right now who hasn't been bad for them, but if they want to mix things up and get a bit more spacing around Bam and Jimmy Butler, 
I th- I think that's something that could happen. So I think it's a a high or yeah high reward low risk move for them. I do think I think it's weird that I understand the Cavs buying out Kevin Love. I do think it's weird that there was maybe maybe this was a conversation and Kevin Love what just went around it. But I do think it's that weird that they were like, yeah, we'll buy you out and you can go to the team that's you know chasing us. Uh, in the in the playoff standings right now and could potentially be our first round matchup. I think that's I hope that doesn't come back to bite the Cavs. I it's don't not, I, think it will, but I do think that's strange that there was no conversation of like, hey, you know, maybe go to the West, go to the Lakers, go to the Suns. Um the two teams that were out there were the Heat and luckily he didn't end up going to the Sixers. Um, Because I would have just bolstered them even more, but I think it's weird that the Cavs were like, "Yeah, we'll buy you out, and you can go right to our, you know, conference competitors." <laughs> but anyways, on that, I I also want to talk about now that Kevin Love's time, at least for now, um, probably uh, for his for his career is done with the Cavs. What do you think Kevin Love's legacy really is on the Cavs? I know there's been lots of highs, there's been lots of lows. So where do you kind of see his legacy falling? you know, when you zoom out on his time with the Cavs. This is what I said last night, and I'll say this again. When you look at, like, the stats, right, and he's top 10 in a lot of categories, Cavalier-wise. Um, he spent nine years with the Cavs, I believe. So don't let that fool you, right? It's not like he was an awful player, but I don't think that that really is a good representation of what his legacy really is with the Cavs. Mm -hmm. And his legacy with the Cavs is somebody who did not show up when it mattered most. And when you obviously when you look at that first finals run, not all his fault. You can't help when Kelly Olenek pulls your arm out of your socket. That's unfortunate. So I'm not really going to blame that one on him. But outside of that, he was brought in to be a part of a big three, and he never he never played like he was a part of a big three. He played like he was just another role player beside LeBron and Kyrie a lot of the time, and especially when it mattered most. And then when you talk about the Cavs giving him that huge contract after LeBron left to be the face of the franchise that's basically what they gave him the money to do he disappeared now i understand he had other personal things going on and i'm not going to hold that against him but at the same time you were given the money to lead the team you were given the money to be the franchise the face of the franchise you were given the money for them to build the team around you so they could still stay competitive and you didn't show up. You didn't lead. You waited. And then when the team was finally good, then you showed up and decided to play basketball. And like, I guess that's just, I feel like that's his legacy. Is he, is he was okay playing well when he had other guys that could carry the team and the team was good, you know, but he just didn't he just wasn't the guy that could that could that would show up for you when it mattered most. And that's why I'm not worried about him being in Miami. I honestly don't care if he went to the Celtics because he would do the same thing there. He would play well the rest of this season. He'd play well at points in the playoffs, but when it mattered most, 
he's he's not he's not going to show up. He's he's not he's not the guy to 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 do that. He never has been. So at least for the Cavs, and I just think that's that's what his legacy will be. Somebody I read somewhere that they were that somebody thought that they should retire his number with the Cavs, and I just was like, that's probably the biggest joke I've ever seen. No, and like I said, going to happen. The uh, um, at least I mean it's not confirmed that it will happen until it actually happens, but I believe in the in Kobe Altman's like goodbye to uh, Kevin Love. He's like your jersey will be in the rafters. He. Here's my thoughts on because I actually have some different perspectives than you. And I think a lot of people and a lot of Cavs fans will agree with what you're saying. There was a lot of frustrating times to watch Kevin Love, um, you know, especially after he did get that big deal after LeBron and, and those seasons. But I think when I just think of his legacy, I, re- I understand all those things. But for me, those aren't the things I'm going to remember. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just like... Uh, so, like glass half full looking at it too optimistic but for me I'm going to remember I'm going to remember the time when he did come up huge uh, when it mattered stopping Steph Curry uh, you know on one of the biggest I guess like the biggest well probably the second biggest defensive play after the block uh, in Cavs history um, I'm going to and then I'm going to remember again it's a little bit cherry picking but I'm then I'm going to remember you know last year when he was genuinely in the six-man conversation. I think he ended up second in six-man-of-the-year voting when he really embraced the young team. And after his, even before they traded Sexton, you know, after all of his problems that he had had uh, back and forth with Colin Sexton, he started really embracing Sexton. He started embracing Garland. Um, from all accounts, he was a great leader in the locker room last year and this year. Um, so those are the things I'm going to remember Again, I think he has a very complicated legacy uh, for the Cavs. But for me, those are the moments I'm going to remember. So I'm going to remember the happy times uh, and choose to but it's overlook not, some but of the you're, other things. But, but here's what I'll say, though. Your question is not about re- what what you what you want to remember positively about him. You know what I mean? Because I do – I will say this, right? Like when you look at the totality of his career in Cleveland, it was not all bad. You know what I mean? He was a very good player. Um and he fit the role that he needed to fit. But the question is his legacy. To you, what is his legacy? Not 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 those not those two snapshot moments where he was, you know, yes, he made a crucial stop in the finals. And then yes, last year he had a, a good a good run, you know what I mean, for the season. But what but what ultimately like be honest with yourself, what is his legacy? What what did, he, like what, what did he legacy? really leave behind? Isn't that what a legacy is, though, is like ultimately when you look back on a career, what are the things you remember? Like, I think, you know, if you look back on LeBron's career, obviously people are, I feel like my view of his legacy is not going to be, you know, the decision. It's not going to be him getting swept in 07 by the Spurs. Those were a part of his career, but for me, that doesn't represent his legacy. So I think everyone's going to view it differently. Um, and maybe it's just like a semantics thing. Um, but for me, when I think of legacy, I think of like, what are you going to remember about this time? And for me, I, I also think like, I know, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think people talk a lot about how, you know, here's where his stats in Minnesota, you know, 26 points, uh, you know, he was like 14, 13 rebounds. And then he goes down to 16 points and 10 rebounds. 
but it's also like the the team was not the team was built around him in Minnesota. He had mm-hmm. the green light to do everything, and that just wasn't the case in Cleveland. And even you know, it took you know there's the famous LeBron comment of why are you trying to fit out when you just need to fit in and things like that. But it's not always that easy. Um, so I I do think you know he did he did what he could do to fit into that team and ultimately it got them that championship and you know <laughs> for Cavs fans that's not something that has come often you know we've only had one so uh that's going to be what i remember and i think too just some of it might be i have a lot of respect for him off the court and you know speaking up for for mental health awareness when you know it's a bit athletes are doing it a bit more but when he did it he was one of the first to really do it in a public yeah. forum um so obviously that's different than an on the court conversation but um i have huge respect for him in that case so you're right he, we can't just completely forget about the bads and, and the lows were definitely there but the va- the the, va- the valleys were the valleys were deep and yeah. and wide and like yeah. and i will agree with you this right i do think that when we look at athletes it's easy to forget that they're real people. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think what he did off the court and what he did in real life, you know what I mean? You have the game and you right. have real life, I think, um, is phenomenal. The, the advocacy that that he has in, in that, that space is something that I think not a lot of people were able to do, like you said. And, he, and he's, very, he's very much, um, you know, open the door for other people to be open and honest about those kinds of things. And um, I think that'll be something that like, when you talk about him as a person, his legacy, that's that that'll be his individual legacy, you know? And I, I do think that that he'll always be a part of that, that championship run and people will always, you know, as fans will always remember that he was a part of that, but you know, I just, I think outside of that, there really wasn't, anything else that you can look at that that he really that you could say that he his legacy really was impacted positively from that I, th- I think the big the worst mistake the Cavs made was giving him that deal and the second mistake they made was not trading him at the trade deadline last year like af- after he was performing so well not not trying to get some something out of him you know going forward whether that was at least a first round draft pick or something like that last year because not saying that we didn't have a chance to to win in the playoffs but I don't think that I think you could look at this team and be like they're super young let's go ahead and get some assets you know what I mean and maybe maybe you can get some assets in return and instead of sending Laurie Markinen you send those assets to Utah and now we have a team a starting lineup of Darius Garland Donovan Mitchell Laurie Markinen you know, Mobley and Allen. And I think that would have been yeah. that, that right there championship caliber team. I think that we're, we're better, we're better than the Celtics. You know what I mean? In those regards, especially the way Laurie Markkinen was playing last year and is playing this year. Um, and we're missing, we're missing a, a big, we're missing a big wing guy who can, you know, play three and D and, and pretty much do what he wants on the court. So. Yeah, that would have been ideal. Uh, you know, Obviously, hindsight, that definitely would have been the ideal time to trade him. I do think it's weird also that I'm guessing maybe he didn't request this buyout till after the trade deadline, but I do think it's kind of strange that we didn't deal him at the trade line. No, again nobody nobody wanted him. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody would be willing to take on that contract. I think that's the... 
that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like he's it's last last year would have been the time to do it, you know, and you could have like, I don't know if someone's trading for the jazz to buy him out to get more contract or sorry, if someone's trading, if the jazz are trading for Russell Westbrook to try him out uh, and buy him out and get that contract off the books. I feel like someone would have done something for Kevin Love, even if it's second round picks. You know, yeah, but we, is, we, but we would have had to give up something for them to take him. You know what I mean? So is that really like la- last trade deadline, somebody would have given us to take him. Sure. This trade yeah. deadline, it would have been like, oh, we have to give up a second for somebody to take him off our hands. And it, but then is that, is that really worth it? You might as well just buy him out and let him go play somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely Kevin Love's legacy, I think, will always be a very complicated one with the Cavs. Uh, we talked about the Jersey require retirement thing. I think, just in my opinion, I think him, even after the off-the-court stuff, I think him, LeBron, and Kyrie, just for bringing that one championship to Cleveland, I think they should all get their their jerseys retired one day for the Cavs. Um, and again, it's not like it's not like it's the Celtics or the Lakers where you have all these superstars who have played for this team. I think you want to honor, you know, the guys and especially the ultimate goal of winning the championship. I think honoring that would be a good move for the Cavs. Um, Here's here. Here's what I'll say. I don't, the only person from that trio that should have their Jersey retired is LeBron. The way that Kyrie left the way that he did all that stuff. I think disqualifies him from that in the way that Kevin Love played over those nine years. Like not that he played bad, but I don't think he played at a level to where you can be like, let's retire his number. Now where I'll say maybe they could get, they could get away with honoring them without doing that is maybe do up a statue of those guys together. You know what I mean? Try to figure out how to do a statue where you get the block, the shot and then him playing defense or something, you know, Kevin Love playing defense or something like that. I think that would be a better, a better sentimental thing from that. Um, Just because I just, I don't, I I don't, I don't like when I look at his legacy, I don't look at Kevin Love as an all time great calf. You know what I mean? I think, I think there's probably other guys that I would, you know, look at that before him you know what i mean i I do think if you were to create an all-time great Cavs roster you know players in their prime i think kevin love should be on that roster but i don't know mm-hmm. if he's like a starting five I, I don't know yeah i like that statue idea that would be dope <laughs> yeah having something with all three of those iconic plays that'd be awesome yeah the other big news in the in the buyout market was as many expected russell westbrook was bought out by the jazz and he joined the didn't even have to move. He joined the Los Angeles Clippers, took his stuff right from one locker room and moved it right to the other locker room in the old crypto.com arena. Um, so I'll ask this first question. Do you think Westbrook will or can have more success with the Clippers than he did with the Lakers? No. No? No. Do you think he'll have more team success and just not play? Or just not in general? <laughs> This is what I'll say about Russell Westbrook, right? I think when you talk about him in his prime, a phenomenal individual player. Absolutely. But in a team sense, he's never been the guy that is able to play the team game. So, like, take take out him and Kevin Durant 
playing together because they were both younger. You know what I mean? I think that that run they had there, um, you could you could take that away. Take that away. Boom. Awesome. After that, these are the guys that Russell Westbrook has played with and has been unable to play with. Like, think about that. Like, he was on the same team, but he was unable to play with them and win with them. James Harden, Bradley Beal, Paul George, <laughs> and Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Hmm. Now, Carmelo Anthony was not in his prime anymore, definitely <laughs> on the decline, but still, at the time, he was still a productive starter within the league at that point. Now he's going back to play with Paul George, and Ka- and then he's going to play with Kawhi. I mean, you're talking about you couldn't let's take out LeBron in general, one of the best floor generals at I think when you talk about like not necessarily passing wise, but guy who like a guy who can just run and manage the floor, he's one of the best in the history of the game. And he's not even a point guard. Mm-hmm. Not even LeBron could figure out how to like get Westbrook to buy in to some sort of system. You know what I mean? You're talking about a guy who could, who got like Kevin Love to pretty much change his whole game. Um, You know, a, like it's just, a, a, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you do with, with Westbrook because he wasn't able to play next to James Harden because they're both too ball dominant. Okay, cool. You could have probably saw that one happening. Um, But he couldn't even play with, but then he couldn't go to the, the Wizards and play with Bradley Beal, even though Bradley Beal's not really a ball-dominant guy. He can play off the ball, but Westbrook's so inefficient in passing, and he causes so many turnovers that... Yeah, I mean, could, that team was never going to get anywhere anyways. But you're talking about the caliber of those two guys. Like, I mean, listen, John Wall and Bradley Beal couldn't get it done together to begin with, but that's besides the point. Like, he couldn't... Like, just Westbrook is so inefficient when it comes to shooting and passing that it just negates anything else. Mm. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. I don't care to see it work I, I, from all accounts. He's one of the biggest cancers in locker rooms. Like when stuff's not going his way or he's not getting the playing time that he wants, or he's not in the game when he wants to be in the game when he's not, people aren't giving him the ball. Like he just whines and whines and whines and whines. And, whines, and then it's just, causes so much distress and i just i feel <laughs> i feel bad for paul george because i'd love to see him get a championship um i think paul george does it to himself though because he's probably one of the most unclutch players that we've seen in the nba like he just play off p or way <laughs> off p <laughs> listen he's had his moments but for the most part he just when it matters most, he just has shrunk down. I mean, like James Harden's done the same thing. Chris Paul has done the same thing. So it's, he's not alone in that department, but it just... So now now you add probably one of the most inefficient players in the NBA at this point. For the the usage that he wants and the, the usage that he goes out there and, and does, like he's one of the most inefficient guys in the NBA. And I, I give it... I give it a month before Kawhi's like get the get get out. I don't. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Like, 
Kawhi's not going to put up with it. So, but I mean, he's he's never there anyway. So I guess, <laughs> what does it matter? <laughs> like, so, I agree in that if I was a betting man, I would not bet on Russell Westbrook. I mean, I don't know how you bet on this, but I would not bet on him working out and and being a great addition to the Clippers. But I could see some aspects where it could it could go better than it did for the Lakers. The Clippers have a lot better shooting. Um, it maybe not. I mean, the Clip the Lakers got some more shooting now. But he but, but he, he he has to get that shooting the ball and yeah he can't. But pass. I, think, <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of people are thinking about this like oh this is going to be a big three and he's going to start with you know Kawhi and Paul George. I don't I don't see that happening. I see him probably not playing many minutes at all with the two of them on the court. I think he maybe he plays a lot with the bench and I think he plays with one of those two guys, probably Paul George more than Kawhi just based on their past effort. And I, I could see him, you know, getting 18, 20 minutes a night. And here's the other thing too, is that now he's on a minimum contract. So if he's not playing well, Ty Lue can say, get on the bench, buddy. Whereas on the Lakers, you had to play him because you were paying him $45 million you traded Kyle Kuzma and KCP away for him. So insanity. I think it at least isn't going to be as much of an issue as the Lakers because he's going to have to adapt in the ways he didn't with the Lakers. He's going to have to be more selfless. And if not, he's not going to play. And then he's going into a contract year this offseason where if teams see that he's not going to adapt, he's not going to get a contract. So in all, in, some ways it's kind of like a it makes it more of a prove it for Russell Westbrook where you know hey show you can be a team player now show that you can you know work with other stars and you know not be so selfish not dominate the ball and not turn the ball over and if not we're paying you a minimum deal so you're not going to play if you can't do those things here's here's my prediction ah, can't talk here's my prediction for Russell Westbrook's remaining career he finishes out the season with the Clippers. He wa- he wants to start. I'm going to tell you that right now. He wants to start. He's oh, going there because they don't have yeah. because they don't have a starting to. they don't have a starting point guard. And Paul George promised him that he was going to start. That that's I'm telling you that like that's <laughs> that's that's why he went there. Um, probably also so he didn't have to move. But when when he does start playing poorly and the offense suffers and the ball's not moving. And Tyloo goes to bring him off the bench, like he did with the, the Lakers. The drama is going to start again, and it's going to affect the locker room, and it's going to affect that team. And I think he'll finish out the season with the Clippers, but I think he's going to find himself just like Melo, and he's not going to be on a roster next year. And sorry, but that's I think. This I think this is probably the last time that we've seen him on an NBA roster will be this year. Now, he might maybe find himself on one at the beginning of next year as like a veteran guy that they might try out to see if it works. But I don't know. I don't know if we really ever see him play significant minutes anymore after this year. I think his career in the NBA is pretty much done. And it's not like it's been bad. Like I said, if you just have him and a bunch of guys that can play around him and fit around him, not another superstar, 
he's he's a Hall of Fame caliber player, but he's just not. You can't you can't put him next to another superstar because he just can't he can't play with them, and he's not he's not efficient when he needs to dish the ball. Like he needs a team where they're gonna move out the way, <laughs> yeah. and he can drive in, and then he could either kick it out, and then they need to be okay with him having eleven turnovers a game. So I just don't know. I like the comparison to Mello there because a couple of years back, you know, now Mello's not on the roster, but a couple of years back, he was going through the same thing. He wanted to be a starter. He wanted to have a big role and he was out of the league. And then he did adjust, you know, he went to the Blazers, he went to the Lakers uh, and he took more of a role and he was a very valuable player for those teams. The problem is Russell Westbrook has not shown that he can shoot. And that's a big part of being a role player is, you know, there's not many role players that are drive to the basket and dish guys. So it, it is going to be tough for him, but I, I think he'll have to look at what Melo's did and say, how can I find a way to be impactful? I'm not the superstar guy anymore. Um, so if I want to be in the league, so I'm going to have to find a way to adjust. So I, I will say this thing though, to watch when Westbrook, there was a stretch there where he was, Instead of because Westbrook is very much like like James Harden and him are the same player. And I'm afraid John Morant is falling into this category as well, too. But there's guys in the league that are like, if I just shoot volume, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if I only make 10 shots. But if I take 30 of them, you know what I mean? Well, and then they're like, well, I'm going to get fouled on 15. Yes. So So that's that that that's their mentality. Like, oh, I take 50 shots, you know, 15 of are going to be fouls. So they're not going to count against my field goal percentage anyway. As long as I'm a good free throw shooter, I'm going to get, you know, at least 80 percent of those awesome. Cool. That'll contribute to my points. And then I'll make 10 of the shots that I take, you know, out out of the rest of them. So, like, they're just volume guys. It's not necessarily that they're like super efficient or really good at scoring. They're just high volume guys. But if Westbrook went through a stretch there where like he was actually picking good shots and his field goal percentage was like, you know, it was pretty high. He looked like he was an effective guy. If you could get him to do that, if you could get him to be like, Oh, I don't need to take this contested shot right here. Or I, I don't need to take a three, a rushed three. You know what I mean? Then I think you would have a better chance of having a more successful team because he did. There was a stretch there where he did that. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you have to get him to buy into that 100 percent of the time. Like you don't take don't take 30 bad shots. Take take 15 good shots. You still might miss some, but take 15 good shots and be more effective with how you play basketball. If he can do that then I think his time in the league will be extended because he is a very high energy guy. And that's Mm -hmm. something that's hard to find, you know, in the league at at times for teams. Yeah. I will say I, for some reason I could just see him, you know, if he does end up not working out for the Clippers, I don't know why, but I just see the Washington wizards being like, let's bring him back. Let's have another run with him and (laughs) let's get back to the play in game. Because they'll just never tank for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, Beal is also one of those guys that's like super disappointing. Like I don't, I I don't think it's all his fault, but it's just like you. He he's a guy who can't be like the number one star on a team. Like no, he needs he he not. needs to be like the second star. So like I just don't. 
he he would be a guy that like if Kyrie doesn't work out in Dallas, that would be an interesting one to maybe pair with Luca. Yeah, I would like to see that too. Not not that like I think he's going to be able to be super productive for a long time, but you could get a couple good years out of him. Um and I think like that would be a fun a fun duo if you could get like a productive big, you know what I mean, that could go with those three and I think I mean, Luca. Luca's very much LeBron esque, where I think he could drag anybody to the finals as long as they're good enough. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think that would be a good fit, a good fit for them. A couple other quick pieces of notes, uh, or quick pieces of news from the NBA. I'll just run through these, and you know, you can add on any thoughts you have. Uh, Jock Vaughn and Joe Mazzulla of the coaches of the Nets and Celtics. Uh, they were both interim coaches to start the year. They got the full-time gig now, and they got some several-year extensions. Uh, I think both of those are pretty well-deserved. Um, an interesting one, Miles Leonard, Myers Leonard was signed to a 10-day contract with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's been out of the league for two years after he was first suspended for uttering an anti-Semitic slur, uh, I think during a Twitch stream in 2021. And then he did have a subsequent leg injury, um, but he was signed to a 10-day contract. And then just recently... Uh, the Atlanta Hawks moved on from their head coach, Nate McMillan, um, and it looks like they're targeting now former Jazz coach Quinn Snyder. Um, do you have any thoughts on any of those pieces of news? Um, I mean, I think the the Nets one is is a good is a good pickup. I think, like we talked about, that being a fun a fun young team, and I think they've they've kind of shown that over the past couple weeks. Um, and he was not the problem there. Like, no, he was no, I, more of the solution. <laughs> I think. I think you you give you give him an opportunity to continue to grow that team and see what it looks like over the next couple years. And with the Celtics, I mean, I think it was a natural progression. I I don't yeah. ever think they were going to bring back. Um, I can't remember his name. Ime Ime Adoka. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they you... were ever going to bring him back. From what I heard, that it. We never. I don't think we'll ever really know what actually happened, but yeah. um, when uh, like Jay Will is on TV being like, "What was told to me is so bad that I will never repeat it." I think that that's super telling of what yeah. really went down, and and I think it's upsetting that they're holding that back, but at the same time maybe the person who was the victim in that situation didn't want to be brought to light. And right. I, I kind of choose to believe that's why, um, not that they're trying to cover it up to save their own behinds. The The Myers-Leonard thing, I mean, not saying that time heals all wounds, but if you're good enough and it's been enough time since it happened, somebody's going to give you a shot. So, I mean, it's not like he, you know, Ray Rice his wife or anything or like right. you know I, I think that that's it's unfortunately he's going to get an opportunity and and whether or not people agree with that is is you know that's that's up to you guys to have that opinion but I think that you know he played well enough before that somebody's willing to to give yeah. him a shot so we'll 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 kind of see what that looks like going forward um and then what was the last one sorry uh, the Hawks, they moved on from head coach Nate McMillan, um, who was their coach when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years back. Uh, and they're targeting now former Jazz coach Quinn Snyder. Trey Young is another guy that worries me because he's very much an individualized guy. 
when he plays. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think he's a phenomenal player. You know what I mean? I think at some point maybe he'll be an MVP of the league, but I think he'll fall right in line with like John Morant, Russell Westbrook, you know, like those guys, they're they're not gonna win a championship, unfortunately, because you can't you can't put another like superstar around them that's gonna need the ball. Um, you can only put like really good role players around them or just role players in general. And I just don't know if that's enough in today's NBA to win a championship. You need like even even Giannis evolved from that super like ball dominant guy to where mm-hmm. he could move the ball effectively or he could play off ball. Um and that's that's why the Bucks won a championship is because he he changed he changed his game and he adapted. And I just think that like Trey Young is just one of those like you know I'll shoot high volume and I'll be ball dominant and I'm all I'm I'm all that matters you know what I mean and he can't yeah I I don't know I, I I would need to see him change the way that he plays and I just don't think it's all on the head coach like they did what they did it's you you have you have Trey Young um, who was the guy they went out and got in the off season Dejounte Murray Dejounte Murray like. A phenomenal player and then they still mm-hmm. have what Clint Capella is still there mm-hmm. uh John Collins is still there so and I don't I don't think it helps that they kept like being like in the past two years they've been like oh John Collins is in trade like yeah stop, stop with this there. man like like I he, he's not an awful player he's not a great player but he's not an awful player like he's a really good productive player that yeah. that can play for you like st- like quit Build the team that you have around them. You know what I mean? They never really gave Cam Reddish a shot. I don't think Cam Reddish is really that – it's going to turn out to be that great of an NBA player, but I don't think he really got a fair shot there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to show throughout the rest of his career that he's not going to get a fair shot um, everywhere else. But I, I just I, – I don't know. It, I think it's – it's unfortunately, Trey Young just is not – is not that kind of superstar that is that – it's like Kyrie – Phenom- like phenomenal player you love to watch them they're mm-hmm. gonna do some cool stuff but they're not they're not leaders they're not it's not yeah. it's not lebron it's not steph um <clears throat> it's not Giannis. you know what i mean it's not luca like they're just not they're not great leaders they're not great floor managers and i just i don't i don't think it's all on the head coach i think it's very much on trey young to develop and, and become a different player going forward yeah, I think for them, I think that I from what I heard it was there was a lot of locker room uh just issues between like he kind of lost the locker room at that point as the coach and it's not much you can do from that standpoint once that happens, so I can understand that. Um I think Quinn Snyder's an interesting choice. Um another one that I saw that they were thinking about before they kind of, you know, really targeted Quinn Snyder was Kenny Atchison from the Warriors assistant. Uh, I would have been interested to see him kind of to see, because I think he's their like offensive assistant as well. So I would have been interested to see him kind of work and transform that offense into more of an Warriors like offense, you know, with Trey off ball more and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have been interested to see how that would have worked out. Um, but I think Quinn Snyder is obviously a very good coach. Um, you know, he had the jazz, in in the top of the Western Conference, at least in the regular season, uh, for many years, um, and I think the I, I think I agree where Trey Young is. He, I don't think he's going to be the number one guy on a, a championship team, 
And I think the only reason, the only way I could see them getting to that level would be like, and I hate to say this, but would be like if he were to get hurt and, you know, um, you know, he's out for a season and all of a sudden they have a number one pick and that guy turns out to be, you know, Victor Wenbanyama like or something like that, where it's like a big man, a guy who's good on defense, but is also not ball dominant. Um, but I, I am interested to see how it goes. I There's two sides of me because I want to see the Hawks succeed because I think they have the potential to be a fun team. There's also the side of me where I don't want to see them succeed because I don't want, you know, uh, not this year, but I don't want them to have to go against the Cavs in the playoffs because Trey Young still scares me from the playing game last year. Uh, and then with Myles, Myers Leonard, um, I think what you were saying is, is kind of a lot of it. I mean, I from what I've heard, uh, about um, him, I've heard that he uh, was doing a lot of education and uh, working a lot with you know Jewish leaders to try to um, you know make amends for for his actions, which which I hope is true, and I hope he continues to learn and continues um, to you know uh, make amends for for that action. I don't I don't see him becoming a long term fit with the Bucks. At least I I think it's more of a like Bobby hurt Bobby Portis is hurt for right now. Giannis just had a hand thing, so I think it's more of like a spot. You know, it is a ten day contract, but I don't see him lasting. Maybe he gets a second ten day if those guys don't come back yet. Um, but I don't see him on that roster roster lasting a long time. I forgot that he was actually the starting when in the bubble when the Heat were against the Lakers. So he was like starting in the finals. Um, but I don't know. I think it's also gonna be tough being out of the league for two straight years and trying to get right back into the fold. Um, and I don't know if he's like, you know, he's not like a Kevin Durant where, yeah, he was out or Clay Thompson where there were super high level players and then they came back and were still impactful. Um, so I think it's going to be tough for him. And then last, just on those, those coaches, Jack Vaughn and Joe Missoula, I agree with you. I think it was definitely the right choice for both teams. Um, you know, despite the Nets drama, Joe Missoula had them playing really well when they were all playing. Um, I think like, I think they were like 21 and four when Katie and Kyrie actually played together this year, which is crazy. Um, and obviously he was doing a better job than Steve Nash. And then, yeah, Joe Missoula, he's had the Celtics looking even better than they were last year. Um, so I think that's a no brainer. So um, well, we've had <laughs> quite the discussion um, which is which I think we've had some some interesting back and forth, which has been good. Uh, we will I think we'll save maybe some of the later season predictions maybe for another episode because we're getting a little lengthy here. Um, but thank you everyone for listening in. Again, we're really trying to to make nothing but net more regular again. So I know um, myself will be on and and Nick and you know a good combination of the the deep dive guys. Um, but also if there's anything you guys want to see us talk about, um, you know, drop that in the comments or, or let us know. Um, we'll try to, you know, especially now that the season's really ramping up and gearing up towards, towards the finals. I think there's a lot of good basketball coming up. So uh, we're excited to watch it and we're excited to, to talk about it and, you know, bring our opinions and thoughts to you all. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners.